Hi, this is Matthew Schwartz, Executive Editor for Information Security Media Group. I'm at InfoSec Europe, speaking with David Palmer, Director of Technology at Darktrace. How long has Darktrace been around? We've uh, been going about two years now. Uh, we announced in October 2013, but clearly we were started building something before we told the world about ourselves. Um, and we, uh, we're really lucky that we, um, we went from announcement in October of 2013 to our first great customer in November 2013, which, was, which at the time was Europe's biggest power station. So from that platform there, um, we've had an in incredible 18 months. Uh, and we now have about 100 customers and 100 staff, so it's, it's been awesome. And you're doing analysis of networks and machines. Can you tell me a little bit about that, please, how you create that analysis and what it does for yeah, your customers? Absolutely. So we're really interested in the networks. We believe that... Um, uh, attackers and bad guys and insiders, whatever class of threat that you're worried about, really they can't do anything if, unless they're moving across the network. They can't take data, they can't look up things, they can't corrupt other machines. So we, we learn from enterprise networks, we learn uniquely the behavior of every single person and every single machine and the interactions between them. And what we want to provide is this immune system idea where uh, we can tell you uh, what is normal for everything in your enterprise and point out where something or someone has changed their behavior in a way that is, uh, may well be a threat and is worthy of human attention. There have been previous attempts to baseline activity either at a machine level or a network level or perhaps both yeah. going back for a while. Yeah, 30 years. Okay. What differentiates what you're doing from what's come before? Great question. Um, so a, a really important difference is previously we've tried to say, uh, as an industry, what's normal for a iPhone, what's normal for a Linux web server? Uh, or alternatively, we've tried to say, what is normal for a particular company across that entire company? And then um, we've struggled with those approaches because there's too much potential there, because actually... Uh, how payroll and HR operate is completely different from how sysadmins operate, which is completely different to, say, I don't know, a customer-facing team or a retail team. And so the approaches in the past just weren't complicated enough. They didn't deal with the reality of difference across the organizations and technologies. So we've really turned that around. And, and instead of saying, let's go top-down and say, what's normal for Virgin Trains or Drax Power Station? Instead, we say... What's normal for Emily? What's normal for Hazel? And every single one of us and how we use our devices and how our devices behave on our behalf to interact with the business. And at that granularity, uh, you get a tremendous insight into what's really happening. Um, and you also get rid of all the false positives because you're not saying, well, Hazel's a bit different from Emily. Maybe that's interesting. You say, well, that, that sort of doesn't matter. They do different jobs. You say... Hazel's different to how she normally behaves. Now, that is interesting. Why is she, why is she hoarding data? Why is she uh, extracting loads of data out to the, uh, Google Cloud or Microsoft or home broadband connections or whatever? Um, so really, the changes in the underlying science has been how do you deal with millions and millions of packets a second but have the fidelity to be able to pick out in a really complex and unique way every single person and device and learn from that? Um, and we think these approaches are going to change the world in all sorts of uh, fields, but cybersecurity is ripe for dealing with complexity in this manner.
And this is running on the prem on the premises? Absolutely. As opposed to in the cloud. Because Definitely. you have a lot of network processing that it sounds like you need to be doing. Absolutely. And also we have a lot of customers that are somewhat disenfranchised with the idea that all of their sensitive data needs to go into the cloud before conclusions uh, can be reached. Certainly that's not something we would do for ourselves. We would much rather say, you know, if I can see everything that everyone's doing and I've got a lot of content here, I want to stay that I want that to be protected in the same way as I protect everything else. And uh, so definitely on-prem. We even uh, have designed it so data can stay in territory. Uh, and that's important because some of our customers are in completely different legislative environments, say China versus Europe or Germany versus France. Uh, and of course, many industries like governmental and finance are still yet to feel fully comfortable with the cloud in general. So it's great for them as well. Can you talk a little bit about being a British technology company? I mean, that's the heritage. A lot yep. of your people come from institutions in Britain. That's right. Um, in fact, all of our technology is developed here in the UK. We have teams all over the world, but the, the, uh, and we have an international team here in the UK, but uh, very much our R&D centre is uh, alongside universities here in Britain. It's been fantastic for us, actually. I think uh, in terms of hiring, it's been brilliant. It really resonates for people um, that uh, there's lots of opportunity to work for companies based in Silicon Valley or California that have premises here in the UK. But building a new brand, being able to say, hey, we're a spearhead of British industry around the world, has been attractive for recruiting. In some ways, it's attractive to customers um, and uh, leveraging the, the reputation that Britain has in, in particularly the, the maths and machine learning type sciences that we have, that's resonating really strongly in Asia and quite strongly in America as well. Um, but yeah, it, it's, it's been fantastic and we certainly we don't have uh, any regrets about not starting up in Silicon Valley uh, and frankly the competition for hiring and skills out there is so fierce that um, being able to draw on people across Europe or just draw on people that don't want to live in California has been excellent. When it comes to network analysis, one of the critical areas in critical infrastructure would be SCADA systems. What do you do exactly. in that industry? Well, we're really excited about this, uh, and uh, now we're doing a great deal. Here in the UK, we're working with many energy firms, telecoms, uh, and industries like uh, water and uh, all of the things that we uh, take for granted in terms of critical national infrastructure, but also, um, I guess, more productive infrastructure as well. So, um, I mean, clearly we're, we're sat in a room here, it's full of objects, they're things that we can touch and feel, and there are loads of companies out there that produce stuff from household products like cleaning fluids and the things we have in our homes, through to cars, foodstuffs, pharmaceuticals. And um, it's, it's increasingly dis discussed, a lot of the security approaches that we've been developing in the last 30 years as a community just don't work in that environment. There is, there's no real concept of antivirus even for your printer, let alone for a machine in a chocolate factory. But this idea of learning how they behave, they are talking over networks, they are talking to corporate systems, some of them are talking to the outside world, and many of them have relationships with third-party vendors that built the systems in the first place. And so we've, uh, 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 we've recently released a uh, version of the product specifically aimed at industrial consumers. We're really lucky that we've got probably about 20 deployments already, and uh, what we're finding is, particularly in those areas that have been poorly served by the information security community, the insight and uh, value to the guys that use it has been huge. And uh, some of our, I'd say some of our biggest fans and, and people that speak most loudly about their successful experiences with us are from slightly more in the industrial side at the moment because it's a bigger delta. 
the other area where we're um, uh, having a lot, uh, loads of success at the moment and uh, loads of great finds is uh, travel infrastructure like rail. We've got lots of uh, companies both here and across Europe and, and uh, hopefully starting in Asia as well, uh, whether trail, train companies or train infrastructure companies uh, that themselves are fighting with, well, how do I give my customers Wi-Fi and handle their credit card details and know where my trains are, but also deal with these complex signaling systems and maybe legacy technology from 20, 30, even more years ago. Uh, so it's really exciting. And uh, something you'll hear a lot more from us about, um, uh, both in the short term and, I think, over the coming years. Have there been any surprises when your customers, especially on the skater side, have started using your product in terms of actually what is connected to what or what is Definitely. speaking to what? Definitely. And I think it has been enormously eye-opening, particularly what goes on between third-party service providers and the customer's own infrastructure. And um, One of our customers has a very ha heavily outsourced environment in both the industrial and the enterprise space, and some of those outsourced customers have themselves outsourced services. And you end up with a little daisy chain where the guys that are actually touching your equipment uh, digitally you've never heard of. They're in countries you never knew you had uh, open connectivity with. It's not necessarily the most secure way in the world. And um, one of my favorite stories I talk a lot at conferences like this about um, is one particular customer had a problem where some of their very skilled technical people were in a daisy chain of outsourcing, and but they lived in a censored country. They weren't able to access the internet freely. They didn't have internet at home. So they'd use the actual production infrastructure of this company in order to download Game of Thrones and House of Cards and browse the web. And clearly, they're only accessing stuff that's censored in their country, which tends to be... Uh, the less safe part of the web, let's say, so the, where the adult material is, uh, other places like that. And so this company was exposed and having operational downtime in real systems because these guys were basically doing their home browsing, checking their email and using other things they weren't capable of via systems that should never be talking to the internet. Uh, so really, I mean, that's a great story from my perspective and really underlines the point of Dark Trace, which is... You can't know what you don't know by asking more clever and clever questions of your data. You need to turn that round and get the data and the network to tell you about what's strange um, because we've got plenty of systems that will say, I know what bad looks like or policy looks like. This shouldn't happen. Uh, as we turn it around, loads of surprises. And it's why it's so exciting working at Dartrace. Thanks, Dave. <laughs> Brilliant. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Matthew Schwartz. Thanks for joining us.